What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. This episode is being uploaded on June 15th, 2020. We decided to not upload any episodes over the last few weeks in light of what's been happening in the world. We are highly sensitive and supportive towards the Black Lives Matter movement and the progress that protesters, activists, and anti-racism allies have been making over the last few weeks. We truly do believe that there are more important voices that you could and should be listening to right now, but we are releasing this episode in hopes to give some of you in your downtime or even at a later date. This episode isn't going anywhere and neither are we. But today, myself, Boozy, and Kyle are talking about the video game horror film Stay Alive from 2007. This is a very quote-unquote classic Terror Table episode. We share some feedback from our valued listeners regarding our recently concluded Nightmare on Elm Street series. We also discuss what we have all watched and taken in over the last few weeks. Kyle and myself even finally got Brahms, so there's that to look forward to. But for the next episode, we will be sharing a very special discussion that we had with producer, writer, and director Michael Peterson. Michael is the writer and director of Knuckleball from 2018, which is now available on Crave, which we highly recommend people checking out before the episode drops. He also produced Harpoon, which we saw at last year's Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. Another great film. Don't forget to check out our new website at theterratable.com, where you can find more of our episodes and links to all of our other social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, but for now, let's just aggressively blow on our Nintendo cartridge and get sucked into this week's episode of The Terror Table. Young Kings, we have returned. We got your boy Mitch here. Who do I got with me? Uh, young King Kyle. And Trap Lord Boozy. Trap Lord Boozy. <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm doing Good. just dandy. I'm fucking, I'm fired up for today. Are you? Yeah, you got Kyle back. Yo, I got a, I got a thick bottle of Perrier. Yo, I'm ready for it. You got a bottle of Perrier ready to pop because we're celebrating 2007 Stay Alive today. That is directed by William. First bottle ever popped for that. Also, last bottle ever. (laughs) Definitely. Yo, we don't know that. We're in for a damn (laughs) treat right now. All right, boys, let's get into what, how, how have you guys been over the last week? I guess, Kyle, we didn't see you on the last episode. You weren't here with us on the Adam McDonald episode. You missed out on a real good one. That I was know. a very yeah. fun if you episode. you could explain yourself real quick. I was, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was learning how to install carpet on my floor. Didn't do half bad of a job, actually. Would you say you're a carpet master now? Not even a little bit. Do you no. know? No? No. Carpet trimmer. No. No comment. <laughs> Okay. You don't. Okay. All right. Well, before we. So, today, like I probably said in this intro, we are talking about Stay Alive from 2007. But before that, we're going to do our normal thing where we're going to just talk about everything that we've taken in over the last week. But we got a bunch of. uh, We got a couple emails from some listeners who all partook in our Nightmare on Elm Street franchise retrospective series. So, we want to share a bunch of people send in their, their rankings. So, we figured we'd start this episode off by sharing everyone's rankings. Uh, so I think Kyle, uh, you have an email from our friend John Allison. Shout I out, John! Absolutely do. Our Let's webmaster. This, in a sense, our webmaster, if you will. Okay. Yes. So this is from John Allison, the the man, the myth, the legend. John is the only one I think who sent a whole email. Everyone else just sent their list, which is totally I fine. It. It's also formatted in a way that I would format an email, so I really appreciate it. Okay. Hi guys. Thanks for going through all the Nightmare movies. With the exception of the 2010 remake, this was my first real watch 
rewatch for all of them. Nice. I didn't catch any of them theatrically, but I did watch each and every one of them when they came for home viewing. The reviews were bad enough for the 2010 remake that I was convinced not to waste my time with it. Good call. My rankings go from worst to best, and I'll give o- and I'll only give explanation for one of them. Okay, so then he goes into his rating. Number nine, Freddy's Dream. Freddy's Sorry. Dream? <laughs> Sorry, Freddy's Dead. What? Freddy's <laughs> Dead. Okay. <laughs> number nine, I have... Anyways, number nine, Freddy's <laughs> Dead. Number eight, The Dream Child. Number seven, Freddy's Revenge. Wait, what? Why the Ti- fuck is... Ty- is- <laughs> Died for five or six... The Dream Master and the 2010 remake. What? Why is Number... it so high up here? John's a he's a hot take king. That's but a wild, he also that a wild he has take. good points. I've had okay. ta- I've had discussions about this. Sorry. He, he does. I can see, and he he does explain. So okay. Yeah. Number four, Freddy versus Jason. Number three, uh, Dream Warriors. Number two, 1984 original Nightmare on Elm Street, and number one. Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Nice. John, An interesting list. I would say, yeah. actually, I fuck with this list be, besides the 2010 high ranking. That's just I my think it's the, that's the most like out there list that we've got out of all but of I, them. Like, that's I, the one that I just... just this. But also, we got to point out that he admitted that he didn't rewatch that remake. So that makes sense why he ranked it higher. Well, Every yeah. time I didn't hear it well, being called was, out, I was worried. I think this is the first time he's ever seen it, actually. Okay, let's hear what else he has Anyways, to say on that email. Okay. Was he drunk? So, <laughs> contrary to we most, we know John only does black tar heroin. <laughs> let's let this man speak through my voice, okay? Contrary to most of the world, I would have to actually put the 2010 remake higher than I placed it. I can what? look past higher than like I think he's saying that most people would place it. I can look past the shitty CGI, and I wish they had actually just changed the scenes, which copied the original, but for the majority of the movie, I really dug the ways which terror was building in his victims, and I liked the even grittier feeling. Okay? What knocked it down for me was how sort of rapey Freddy gets when it comes to Nancy. I was totally on board with Freddy being a victim of the parents believing that he was a pedophile and him returning as a vengeful spirit... But then they fucked it all that fucked that all up, which I would agree with absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Overall, I had a lot of fun joining with you guys revisiting the series, and I had fun with everything but Freddy's Dead, Dream Child, and Freddy's Revenge. Which, I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. This is definitely a hot take list if there ever was one. <laughs> but you know, I think he makes those a good are point. the three most least. Po- th- those would be the three least yeah. popular ones. So, I agree for sure. I think him kind of pointing that out makes enough sense. Um, but thanks so much for the list. This is uh, this is one to ponder. And I think I'm happy he included some pre some post-ramble on 2010 so that we just weren't left hanging on why he liked it. <laughs> I have yeah, two exactly. points I want to bring up about this before we, we carry on. I need to address. Okay. Uh, John, I'm just talking. I'm going to talk right to John. So number one, I cannot co-sign your list. Um, oh. Just 2010's too high. It's just, It's wrong. Um, and number two, I don't like that you're swearing in your emails. I will notify your wife immediately. <laughs> no, you got to like, notify his kid. Gavin hates him. Oh, right. Right. Sorry. I shouldn't say his kid's name. Probably. 
but yeah, let's, no, just, let's just dox him while we're at it. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm not here for this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sending that in, John. And like, this is just so cool that we had so many. Like, this is only a fraction of the people who uh, actually message us to say that they were watching along with us, which is so cool. Yeah, this that's is that's a lot of movies. That's that's a big ask. I get, I get it. We're in a pandemic. People got nothing else going on. But I'm gonna go with saying that people would do this even if we, they were busy. Yep. That's, that's, it's worth it. It's worth it, honestly. Yeah. yeah All right, Bo- Boozy, you want to hit up our boy? Wait, who who's who sent you this message? Is it uh, my name, my name Jeff? Jeff. Uh, my name Jeff from the Soviet podcast. Him, yeah, haven't heard from him in a hot minute. Shout out Jeff. Uh, so stop bragging, Boozy. <laughs> last coming in dead last is Revenge. Freddy's Revenge. Yep, and then followed by remake. Uh, Dream Master, Dream Child, Respect. New Nightmare, Freddy's Dead, Dream Warriors, Freddy vs. Jason. Wow. And the original. This, I think that's someone... the highest Freddy vs. Jason is on anybody's list. Where, and wait, it's where's so weird that it's coming from Jeff. Yeah, it's where's number New two. Nightmare? New Nightmare's too low. And that's what I'm saying. Je- <laughs> Jeff's, New Nightmare's uh, a fifth. Yeah, I don't Jeff's know about a stupid. Yeah, and Jeff put okay. So as someone who came around to Freddy's Dead, I lo- I actually like did. Uh, that's like the main thing I took away from this rewatch is I, for the first time in my life, can say I'm a fan of Freddy's Dead. I never liked it before this rewatch, and something happened to me this time. Don't know if it's the COVID. Uh, I don't know what happened. Don't know if it's the, uh, the COVID. Is, is it yeah. the COVID? Is it the cocaine? Who knows? Yeah, wh- which one is it? It's one of the C's. The Unag. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, but there's no world. Where Freddy's Dead lives above New Nightmare. I, I, there's, there's no fucking. Way. I have to be honest with you guys. At this point, I think I've already forgotten at least three of these movies. Yeah. Well, Did that, you like cleanse your soul of all the Freddyisms? I think at this point, I only really remember my like top four. <laughs> I feel like you probably had a solid week of like walking around and just saying like "bitch" every once in a while just to get I, it honestly, out of your system. Yeah. I was definitely a bit more comfortable with lying down bitch after watching this. I actually would have to agree. Heavy on the bees. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the bees, I'm going to read one from our one of our new listeners. Uh, his name is Brandon, and he goes by B-Man1978 on Instagram. Wow. I've, uh, we, Truly speaking yeah, of the bees. He put, he actually hopped on and on our very first episode of this Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And then ever since then, he's been vocal and messaging us and messaging me personally. And he's been going back and listening to our back catalog and he's been super awesome to talk to and he's a big diehard horror fan so i'm very happy to have him aboard uh but the message he sent is i think my final list was closest to mitch which wasn't surprising based in similar opinions throughout the whole podcast uh so his list is at number nine he has the 2010 remake good man uh number eight freddy versus jason number seven dream child number six freddy's dead Number five, Dream Master. Number four, Freddy's Revenge. (laughs) Number three, New Nightmare. Number two, Dream Warriors. And number one, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. That is a respect list. Aside from the Freddy vs. Jason, I will take that one. Sorry, I'm not laughing at this list. It's just really funny to watch Kyle go like, oh. Because Kyle hates (laughs) Freddy's Revenge so much. That movie is really bad. It's really bad. That's the one I think that uh, I think even, it's even more polar. It's by far more polar. That's the most polarizing one of the whole franchise. This I would have this to series. agree. I, because, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
And I do truthfully love that movie. It's awesome. It's so in good. my mind, I can get behind that list if you swap Freddy's Revenge and Freddy vs. Jason. Then I would get behind that. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Do we know how old he is? Because like that's pretty low for usually for like Freddy vs. Jason. So like that's true. I'd say he's around the same. I I, I don't know, but I'm guessing around the same age as us. That's we we just want to know when you had sleepovers. Really, <laughs> yeah. is what it comes down to. In all fairness, I think um, as much as I do enjoy Freddy vs. Jason, I could understand why someone wouldn't. So that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one that I'll never. I, yeah, you said it the best. I don't need to go on anymore. Um, yeah, last I, I one that we best. got in. Last one that we got in is from our boy Rick Blake, all the way from Australia. Australia, yeah. mate. Uh, Rick has actually been with us. <laughs> you guys probably... gave up on that so fast. <laughs> no, but like the boozy, this is something I don't think you and I have talked about enough. That, but Rick has been one of those guys. I think he's been with us since like pretty much day one. So wait, was like, he like a lurker a long time? Because like I know I think Rick's he w- been like with us a long time, but I didn't realize it was that long. He's always been very, very active on our Insta, Insta and our Twitter and everything. And I don't know, Rick, Rick's a guy who I've uh, grown very like him and I talk quite a bit or whenever we can, at least. I don't know. I really like the guy. He's great. If you want, you can follow him on Instagram. He actually just opened up his own movie critic page and he's just at Rick, the movie critic. Uh, so you can follow that on Instagram. Yeah, him and him and I are gonna have to have some talks. Like we added each other, and he just dropped like a shitload of bombshells right away. Yeah, but do you know what I love about that? So wh- why I'm telling, and especially why I can do- like everyone's got to go and follow Rick, the movie critic, because uh, Rick has been he he l- watches all the movies that we watch, and honestly, I like I think 167 episodes. I think he might like maybe five or 10 of the movies that we've talked about, Um, but he still stays with us. And that's really cool. Like he, he definitely like has liked stuff that we've talked about. Um, But it's cool seeing that uh, he's checking out movies, even though like he, he's like, we've been so wrong so many times with him and uh, he still continuously is checking out our recommendations. And I appreciate that because you never know when something good's going to come along. I feel like maybe some people might listen to us just to make themselves like feel better about how they are in their lives. Yeah. Like I'm not a fucking loser. Like these, (laughs) this guy sounds like a rawhead Rex fan to me, you know? (laughs) No, I don't think I don't think Rick would be a Rawhead Rex fan. But okay, here's Rick. Shout out, uh, Rick. No, I don't think he'd stoop that low. <laughs> Here, yeah, here's so uh, Rick put in last place a Nightmare on Elm Street remake, uh, and then put a new Nightmare, Freddy's Dead, The Dream Child, The Dream Master, Dream Warriors, Freddy's Revenge, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. And he said, might be controversial, but but anyway, if we were only talking Freddy movies, uh, oh, sorry, he added ratings to all these. I didn't read those, but he said, those are my opinions and all the movies. Long live Freddy Krueger. Uh, so thanks, Rick. We no, really no, I want to hear that. the ratings. At least give oh, me the top Jesus three. Christ. Give me the top three. Come on. You don't have to go. You know, excuse What's up. the highest ratings? Yeah. Okay. Uh, high, like A Nightmare on Elm Street got seven out of ten, but he said that it if we were just talking Freddy movies, he'd give it eight out of ten. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's all I wanted to know. Freddy's Revenge is number two, and he gave it five out of ten. Dream Warriors is five point five out of ten, but that got that came in third place. So I'm guessing he's like us, where uh, ratings don't really mean enjoyment. I don't know. I'm fucking tired, you guys. <laughs> let's get talking about. Let's get talking about what we've been up to. What have you guys been up to the last week? Um, before I get to talking about what I've been up to, I, I just want to point out for all the listeners because they'll never be able to see this that in Kyle's room. He just moved a little bit so I could see it. He has a under the skin poster as well as a plushy Snorlax, 
which really sums Kyle up, and I just yes. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, um, um, yeah, you're right. That's correct. <laughs> Guilty that as is, charged. <laughs> that is really the best way you could describe my personality and physique. Kyle, <laughs> what have you watched this week? Oh boy, <laughs> what have I watched? Um, oh, oh, I don't know, Mitch. Maybe we can sh- we can tag team this one. Um, oh boy, are we doing this right off the bat? Well, I guess so. Let's or maybe do actually, okay, to change it up, Boozy, I think you should go first. Yeah, let's lead, let's do that one last. Yeah, Boozy, you should go. Okay. Boozy. All right, you know what? I've been I've been kind of vibing with Mitch lately and when he recommends stuff, I usually will go and check it out. I checked out uh-oh. after midnight. Oh, yes. Cool. Why are you saying uh-oh? Well, because so, most of the time when you do that, you end up going, "Yeah." <laughs> It's okay. Your taste, meh. Yeah, meh. After Midnight, starring everyone's favorite Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left, which now that they left, uh, like, most streaming platforms, I feel like maybe we can nuzzle in there a little bit. Like, well, I, like I, I, I haven't really listened to the last podcast in, like, two years. Oh, they went over to, like, Stitcher or something. Like, you can only get them on, like, one platform. Yeah, I think it's Spotify. A lot of people or, are doing yeah. that. No, but we can just kind of nuzzle in there. Okay, so yeah. We're trying to diversify. (laughs) Watched After Midnight. Super cool idea for a movie. Uh, Rest in peace to the cat. Um, (laughs) The fuck was that? (laughs) Um, Henry was super funny this whole movie. The comedic timing is awesome. The comedic timing is great. And I love that, like, you were saying about when, as soon as I saw it coming, the sequence of him singing at the end, I was like, oh, this is what Mitch is talking. And I just, like, I knew every word. It was weird. As yeah. soon as it started, I knew every word. Um, I don't know. There's This movie could have been a lot better, but it couldn't have been a lot worse. Do you know what I mean? Um, I feel like a lot of times in this, it didn't have anywhere to go, so it kind of just trotted in circles. I think that when it did push the story, it was very interesting. And then I kind of wanted to see more of what happened at the end throughout the movie. I don't know if if, if you can relate on that. I get it because it is it's one of those things and it's the same thing with Jeremy Gardner made the battery where it's a zombie apocalypse film, but it's really not it's not really about the zombies or anything. It's more of a yeah. drama and it's very slow burn. And after midnight's the same thing. Uh, but I I fucking loved what like because after midnight's mainly focusing on him and his relationship and it, and his uh, maturity and his personal growth um, rather than an actual just creature feature, which it markets itself as. Uh, but I, I I think I see where you, like it definitely could have delved a little bit more into the creature feature stuff, but I think it's not that I I didn't like the movie because of it, but it was more of a compliment to the movie that what they set up was so interesting to me that I wish they would have went down that road a little bit more. Right? Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like some movies, I would if they gladly have a see a sequel sto- to this. Yeah, like some movies yeah. if they have a background story you don't care that much about, whereas this one is like highly engaging, and it, yeah. I just I wanted more from it. Totally. The ending is fucking hilarious, though. It is, though. <laughs> it's so funny. And yeah, you're you're right. Like, Zabrowski is like that. He is the perfect like every, that's such a stereotypical like trope to have the he the dipshit friend who's just everyone's like a foul upbeat, mouth. Yeah, everyone's yeah, but the, friend. but he plays that role probably better than it's ever been played. Like, <laughs> he's so good in that role. How yeah. long is this movie? Is this like a is it's it short? Like a, it's, it's short. Pretty okay. short. Yeah, it, like, it's I, was like uh, I think it's over. under an hour and a half. 
So you think it's just one of those cases where it could like it could have benefited from like another like fifteen twenty kind of thing? I think yeah, you're give gonna me more love of it, another Kyle. story. I think that sounds 15, up my alley. Fifteen twenty minutes and to give me a little bit more of the other story would have been amazing. No, I need to check yeah. this out. I like this guy's work, and this this sounds like something I think I would dig. For sure. Cool. Uh, do you want me to knock one off? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound sexual there. Um, <laughs> Kyle, was, Kyle was down for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Just do I do want to lead. I do want to lead off by saying that I did rewatch both Backcountry and Piwacket in preparation for last week's episode with uh, Adam McDonald. Um, but I feel like I was stroking him enough during that episode that I didn't want to bring it up any more than I already was. But I want to reiterate that the end, like I, everyone's heard me talk at length about backcountry over the years. So I don't need to elaborate on that. I still love that movie as much as I did the first time I saw it, maybe even more. But Piwak, it's one that I just grow to love more and more every time I watch it, specifically the ending. Like the last 40 minutes of that movie is just fucking insane. And uh, it's just continuously grown on me, and it's become just such a savage ending. So if for some reason you're out there and you haven't watched Pie Bucket yet, please get on that, because it's it's genuinely great. Um, but one thing I'll lead off with, since we are doing a an episode on Stay Alive, I'm going to talk about a video game. And I'm going to oh. talk about a little bit of an older video game. And it's another one I talked about on last week's episode. I finished The Last of Us this morning. Um, I had beaten it twice before, so I'm not going to talk at length about this one, but, um, I just think I, I, I decided to do it because, uh, the last of us two is coming out on June 18th. So I wanted to refresh myself with the story. I loved it when I first played it. I played through it twice when it came out on the PlayStation three. This is my first time on the PlayStation four, uh, playing the remastered edition. Uh, but I just think, yeah, these developers, they have some impossibly big shoes to fill with the last of us two. Uh, Joel and Ellie's relationship is without a doubt, hands down, the most human and an authentic relationship I've seen in a video game ever. And I think everyone listening, if you've experienced this game, you can you can agree with that. But um, uh, the re- have you never played Banjo Tooie? <laughs> <laughs> have you not <laughs> played Gex? Enter the Gecko, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. Sorry, I, I, love Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I like all those games. <laughs> But man, this this remastered edition is just fucking stunning. Like, I can't believe it took me this long to to revisit it on the PlayStation 4. And now we're about to get the PS5. So, uh, but I, uh, I basically, I beat this game in like two days. I was up till 3.30 in the morning last night. And I don't know if it's because like I reached, like you got, have you guys both played this game? I wanted to actually talk to you about the ending before you finish here. Yeah, well, we definitely will. But have you guys both played it? Kyle, have you played this oh. game or... Yeah, I do. I I have it right here on my shelf. Okay. I haven't played um, it since it came out, but man, that game is like probably the best like narrative narrative focused video game I've ever played, I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely it gotta a great be up story. There. Yeah. Um, it's it's like yeah. a film. Like it's just it's unbelievable. But uh the world the world building is phenomenal in this game. But um last night I I was up till like because I've just got hooked on it. So I've been I was up till three thirty playing it. And wow. I got to like the tunnels, like near the end of the game, and it's where it gets actually really scary and tense. And like, video games tend to affect me way more than movies do because you know you're holding a controller, and it's. It, I've grown to understand the the tropes and the the timing and the beats of like how movies are gonna generally scare you, and video games still find a way to surprise me once in a while. And this game does that tenfold. But two, it was like three thirty in the morning, and I'm at the scariest point of the game. And 
like, I don't know if you guys like, yeah, the wind in our city has been insane the last couple of days. Our building was like shaking last night and it was just so eerie. And, uh, the power went out right at that moment. So it's like three 30 in the morning. And I'm like, just like, I got adrenaline running through my entire body. I'm not ready to go to sleep. And that was the absolute worst form of blue balls I've probably ever experienced. Um, so I had to wake up this morning and finish it. Well, because I couldn't keep playing. The power was out. You guys are looking right. at me like I'm a psycho. But well, yeah, this, I don't know, man. This, I don't, this is your number one? This is your biggest yeah. blue ball moment? All right, all right. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. But with the, I don't know, man. But what I a rough think, life. Like, with the world, with the world being on fire right now, like with the riots and being cooped up inside over like my, with my thoughts the last three months, like the emotional beats in the story just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I was a, I was a puddle this morning. Like when I finished this game, like I, I've already, I, I have beaten this game twice, but for some reason it just, it resonated with me way more this time. And I, uh, I loved it so much. I, I always have, but it, it really, really affected me this time. But um, I can't wait another 18 days to play the sequel. So I immediately jumped into Uncharted for A Thief's End, which I, I guess is David Hopkins, our friend from Erie International. He told me that the, it's the same game developers, like the the same guys who... Naughty yeah, Dog. Obviously, Naughty Dog, yeah. obviously, Obviously, I know it's Naughty Dog, but the actual... Like, Naughty Dog has had a lot of people... Like, you know, they they stopped working there after The Last of Us or like right. they went on they they after The Last of Us, they immediately started working on a thief's end, I guess. And man, I'm like three hours into a thief's end and it's fucking unreal. But have you guys played those Uncharted games? Nope. I played Uncharted 2 and it's very good. Oh, Uncharted 2 is my favorite one. I played the first three, but I never got around to this fourth one. But I got it because it was the PlayStation free game of the month like eight months ago. And I'm finally playing I'm, through it. But I actually mostly played Uncharted 2 for like the multiplayer. It was like a fun, like a pretty sick multiplayer on that game. Oh, man, that that whole game, the story mode is amazing. But that Nathan Drake, he sure lives an exciting life. He, he sure does. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I don't want to end this conversation without finishing us talking about Last of Us here. Okay, tell me. Hit me. Spoilers? I don't know if you, I don't know if, yeah, mm, kind of. Okay. The game's the end, six years old. At I don't the very know, end, at, at the very end of Earth the game, you're, you're in the operating room, and yeah. you have a choice of whether you can viciously destroy everyone in the room, or you can just simply walk away peacefully. I have never killed motherfuckers so fast in my life. Yeah, I wrecked them. I wrecked I, them all. You have, the, you have the choice yeah. of like, hey, you know what? You know, we'll call it good and I'll get out of here. I fucking murdered those people. That's my new daughter now. <laughs> that was my new daughter. <laughs> you do not fucking touch her. Yeah. No, yeah and that, oh, man, I, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the emotional attachment you get to that game. Like, oh there literally is something like very visceral about your reactions when yeah. you play it. Totally. Oh, I use the flamethrower on them if you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I completely eviscerated them. But yeah, the I'm just here to co-sign on a game that's like six or seven years old at this point. Last of Us is still great. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> In case <laughs> can't wait anyone for June was 18th. wondering. I'm just know. saying I can't. I'm just saying for if anyone out there is looking for some inspiration to replay it again before the new one comes out, fucking do it. Because God, that game holds up so well and it's so good. It's just an absolute masterpiece of a video game. Love it. All right, I'm uh, done on that one. So we can hop on to one of you fellows. How much do you have, Mitch? Um, I think I have one other thing besides what you're talking about. Well, I have I'll two have other things. I have one other thing, and I know both me and Mitch are going to talk about it. All right, Perfect. so I guess I'm double-teaming this one with you, but I don't have much to say about it, so I can just... You, you go, and I'll hop in after. 
You talking to me or Kyle? You, you boozy. Sorry. Okay. So checked out, finally came out. I've been waiting a long time to see this. Finally checked out 2020's The Lodge. And th- this movie's getting like serious hype. There's, there's a lot of like A24 hereditary talk, you know, and you're like, ooh, this is that artsy film for the year. Definitely think it probably is. Honestly, I love this movie so much. You had like there was so many things going on throughout it, and by the end, it is so dark and twisted. It is filmed so well; they don't show you a ton, but then at the very end, they give you so much. It is amazing. I would highly recommend anyone check that out. I actually had a conversation with Bryson, who usually we like like the same things all the time, but he wasn't feeling the same on it. So I don't know. There's been a little bit of mixed reaction. I haven't heard what you think about it, Mitch, but. I didn't like it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I loved it. I, yeah, and I, I didn't want to ruin it for you because I know you you were uh, texting me when you're about to watch it, and like I think that's the thing is it's one of those movies. It's made by the filmmakers who made Goodnight Mommy, which is another movie where I feel pretty much the same about Goodnight Mommy as I do about the Lodge. Where the, sorry, the Lodge. I didn't mean to sound the French. Lodge. The Lodge. <laughs> the Lodge. Uh, no, first of all. Love Riley Keough. Riley Keough is fucking awesome. I love her and everything that she's been. Time for her to change it up, though. She's played this character so many times. Like she, there's so many like there's so many role times where Riley Keough has played this like broken, weird, damaged woman, and it's just it's getting kind of old. And like I'd like to see her try a different role. I guess she was really great in Logan Lucky, another film that she was in. Um, but she's great I, in American I, Honey as well. Yeah, and okay, so I didn't not like okay so i i didn't hate the lodge i just it didn't it i couldn't buy into it i had a similar with uh i had similar issues with goodnight mommy and i know i take a lot of heat for this on the show or i pick and choose which movies i have problems with plot holes with but it was it, within the first 20 minutes the the story took me out of it i i just uh i don't know is it i haven't seen the trailer even i avoided the trailer is it a spoiler to say what the movie's about i don't like, I don't think so. Like, so the husband, like this guy, he, Oh, we can't say any, like, Oh, we can't. How much do you want to talk about? I'm worried. I'm just saying, I do not, I don't buy for a fucking second that any father shitty or not would allow their kids to stay with a psychopath like that a week after their mother shot herself in the head. And this chick just escaped a suicide camp. This is all within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Okay, but so I, I had I had trouble buying into that. So like that, Listen, that was it's my... a party and everyone's invited. Okay, <laughs> everyone except for the dead. It's just the kids. Yeah. It's a party and only the kids are invited. And I don't know. It's there was Aaron's just, party. Yeah, it, it just it, it lost me a couple times, but it's it's a definitely a beautiful looking movie. It looks really good and it's well acted for the most part. Like it has that uh, what's his name, the kid from It Chapter One and Two. Um, he, he was like decent enough, but I just, I didn't, I didn't think that the characters were well fleshed out enough. I thought everything looked so good aesthetically, but I just didn't buy any of the motivations or any of the things that ended up happening. I just, I didn't, it didn't connect with me at all. So I, it was, it was a disappointment for me, but I'm happy you loved That's it. That's a bummer. And, That's a bummer. Yeah. I, I I've seen, you would have loved it. No. And I've seen a lot of people really like it. Maybe I need to give it another watch. Like, because, uh, you know, like there's been like, look at Dr. Sleep, Midsummer, two movies that I fucking love now that I was like lukewarm on when I first saw them. Mitch, were you uh, off the gas on this one? No, I was definitely on the gas on this one. <laughs> but uh, but I do think I could use it. I could uh, give it another watch. But it just, yeah, the 
I, I just, that took, it's the worst when like the first like 20 minutes takes you out. Cause then for the rest of the movie, you're doomed. You're, you're thinking about that for the rest of the time. And it's when everything else is so good, it's kind of like a quiet place. Like where I do like that movie, but there's just a couple little things that bothered you me. You and me have such kept... weird qualms with that movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, we are definitely the fuckheads yeah. who have issues with a quiet place, but at the same time, whatever, it's our opinion. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely the lodge is still without a doubt. One of the movies that you, if you're a genre fan, you should definitely watch it for yourself this year and make up your own mind. Cause I, I it like is. Kyle should check it out. Yeah, it sounds like I need to watch this. It's definitely proving to be very polarizing too. Uh, like I've seen some people like you boozy, you said that it's one, of, like you can already tell it's going to be one of your favorites of the year. And then I've, Hell yeah. I've seen some people who are just like surprised by how much they didn't like it. And, uh, it's, and then, you know, like that's, that's great. That's better than it's better than going into a movie where ev- you you know every the hype is so huge or everyone says they love it and then you end up not liking it and you feel like an idiot. <laughs> this one's just all over the place. Oh, so it's it's like you guys with Brahms the Boy too. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. so that's the, that's a logic. Is that all you've watched this week, Kyle or Boozy? Do you have anything else? It. <laughs> Did you watch anything uh, I'm else? I'm good. I'm good. That was it. That was it? Okay. Uh, I have one last one. So if you want, I can cover that one, Kyle, and then we can hop on to the so, last thing that both of us watched. So I checked out one of Adam McDonald's picks for his Apocalypse films, uh, one of his top five favorite Apocalypse films, one that I cannot believe I'd never heard of until Adam talked about it, These Final Hours, which is an Australian apocalyptic thriller. And it was directed by the, it was the director of uh, 1922, the Thomas Jane movie that went to Netflix, oh, the Stephen yeah. King story. Uh, Boozy was a big fan of that one. I liked yeah, it quite a bit. Yeah, that was really His, good. That was really good. Yeah, director uh, Zach Hilditch. Um, but okay, so d- these final hours came out in 2013, and uh, it's starring Nathan Phillips, who I only have seen in Wolf Creek and Snakes on a Plane. I guess he was in Chernobyl Diaries as well, but I don't remember any of that movie. But the what I will say about this movie is this is a fucking awesome movie. And I cannot believe I hadn't even heard of it until now because, man, did this movie blow me away. And it like Courtney was just like in a puddle for the last 20 minutes like we were so into why this are you movie guys I... always in puddles what is going on over there? <laughs> we is cry puddle a this lot. puddle <laughs> yeah we cry a lot um but i do think the imdb synopsis doesn't do it justice i'm gonna read it right now but it the imdb synopsis is a self-obsessed young man makes his way to the makes his way to the party to end all parties on the last day on earth, but ends up saving the life of a little girl searching for her father. Their relationship ultimately leads him on the path to redemption. So this movie was fucking amazing. Highly, highly recommend it to anybody out there who's looking for, why are you guys laughing? <laughs> Sorry. You just like slowed down a little bit and it sounded really yeah, funny. It sounded like you like remixed saying redemption. <laughs> oh, redemption. Shit, redemption. <laughs> Okay, but basically, guys, th- this Sorry. movie, like, I I think Australians make some of the best movies out there. Like, some of my favorite movies the last 20 years are Australian films. Like, horror yeah, and non-horror. Name 20. Like, they, <laughs> name 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snowtown Murders, Killing Grounds, Loved Ones, 
Devil's Candy, like all those are Australian made films. The Hounds of Love, I love Australian make. I love Australian filmmaking. Like there's so much talent coming out of that uh, out of that place. But Rogue, yeah, Rogue is great. Anyways, this movie is like it takes place hours away from when the world is actually going to end. Like a meteor is about to hit Earth, and that's why uh, like this is one of the best meditations on that subgenre of apocalypse apocalypse stories. Like it, it, it's. This is such a tired subgenre at this point where we've seen, you know, The Walking Dead and we've seen all these end of the world movies at this point, like where it feels like almost everything has been said. But this movie really explores like the darkness that would take over the world in those last few hours, like what people would do in the, with those last few hours on Earth. And it's really, really dark. It's very depressing at times. But then it's just overly it's intense and it's heart it's heartwarming. It's heart wrenching. And uh, I just, I absolutely loved it, and I, I think it's it's definitely one that people need to look for, look out for, look look for yourself if you haven't seen it before for yourself. Um, highly, highly recommend it. But uh, that was these final hours. Uh, if it was the last hour on this earth, and all the candy that was left was only in one baby's hand, would you punch that baby for the candy? Fuck that baby. That baby's <laughs> not going to eat the candy. I wouldn't do it. You think what? that baby's gonna Kyle. eat the candy? It depends how hungry I am. Yeah, I don't have much if, of I don't have much of a sweet tooth. I'm good. It, yeah. Okay, if it's holding a banana, I don't know what you eat. <laughs> yeah, we gotta find out what Kyle's. What if it's holding what do you, what like does a, Kyle eat? What if it's holding like a yellow Game Boy Color with a Pikachu Game Boy yeah. or Pikachu Pokemon in it? Yeah, kid's gone. Yeah, honestly, at, the, <laughs> yeah, at this point, gone. it's on site. Yeah, kid's yeah. gone on site. <laughs> okay, might as well be twelve. <laughs> Fuck twelve. Fudge twelve. <laughs> all right wow. kyle you you lead it off explain okay, to the world so, what we did for everyone last night well first off um breaking news everyone i watched a movie this week so i would appreciate some applause from the audience clap clap, clap to be clap, fair clap, clap, clap. to be fair uh yes you have not had stuff to contribute in the pre-features but you've still been watching two movies three movies every week the last couple of weeks <laughs> thank you mitch i appreciate it you've kept um, it hard 100 yeah, hard You've kept up with your homework. Been it fully torqued. Okay, so <laughs> the movie though that I watched this week was none other than Brahms the Boy Two. We got Brahms, bitch. <laughs> Which, Kyle and I both got Brahms last night. Oh, I actually wasn't going to tell you that I watched <laughs> a double it. Shot I kind of had to. <laughs> yeah, I texted I texted Kyle at like one in the morning. I was like, "Hey, you up?" <laughs> I was like, well, and, kind of. And I said, and he, said, he, said fucking... he said, yeah, he sent me a picture of Katie Holmes's face on the screen. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I guess you could say that. <laughs> Bad. Okay, so, so Boozy, was it last week that you watched this or was it the week before? I can't remember now. It was the week before. I think it was the week before. It's been a while, but you Boozy saw it. Patient and I, zero. <laughs> I think going into this movie, like, how do I even describe it? Okay, so. This is directed, of course, by William Brent Bell, which is relevant for this week because the main feature, Stay Alive, is also directed by William Brent Bell, which I had no idea about, actually. That's <laughs> which is crazy. Really, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I don't think Stay Alive was, like, strictly my pick. I just thought of it. I guess it kind of was. I just, like, brought it up one day. That's a very I, Kyle movie You just pick. spoke it into existence. Yeah. Anyway, I really just thought about it, and like, out of nowhere. But for months now, basically the whole year, we've been joking strictly about the name Brahms the Boy too. if anything. The movie also was getting terrible reviews. Um, so, I mean, there's that. 
And I can confirm that this movie is indeed terrible. Um, <laughs> it's like really bad. And the thing about it is this is the kind of movie where I was wanting to have a fucking blast with it. It's easily a movie I think I could have had a fucking like honestly, I think I think I could have like got drunk and had a great time watching this movie in a different universe. But no unfortunately way. we There's live in no this way. universe. And it's terrible. Yeah. It's There's like, no way this is fun in any world. It's 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 boring. That that's exactly it, Mitch. It's boring. It's really, really, really boring. It's and stuff that hasn't worked for over twenty years, but for it, an hour and a half straight. It's like I don't know. I, I guess like let's say you're in grade ten and you have to do a Halloween assignment on anything to do with the holiday of Halloween. Whatever anyone was to come up with, that is Brahms the Boy 2. It's the most generic, generic, generic story ever. And but it also makes part, no fucking sense. The best part about this whole movie, in my mind, is that you have to... The movie expects everyone to just think that, like, a doll is creepy. Like, the doll doesn't even really do anything, but you have to just... They want you to think that the doll is terrifying, but it does <sighs> nothing. It's so... It's it's really hard to watch. Like, I, I it was ninety minutes, but it felt like nine hundred minutes. Like, it took me two and a half hours to get through this movie. I had to pause and contemplate my life. I think three or four <laughs> different times. It like, I, I wanted I I actually wanted to like this movie, and that's what's most uh, disappointing about it. The kid was terrible. I Katie think Holmes- that's on you, Kyle. Honestly, I feel like you just put all that pressure on yourself. No, Not the movie all. fucking sucks. I, I, the kid was really bad. <laughs> Kitty Holmes did her best, but she was still pretty bad. And I need to actually agree with you, Boozy, that she and does look like a young but still old Sally Field. I got to point out, though. Okay, so I can now add context to Boozy's complaints about her image, which is just disgusting. I would never comment on a woman's image on our show. So um, I personally, <laughs> like, though, I think... You know how often you throw me under the bus? Wow. <laughs> Anytime no, but... like, someone mentions Get Out, yeah, what, well, Boozy's what... racist. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but what I, what, what I figured out about Katie... No, Katie Holmes is just natural. I think she looks great. I think she looks really good in the movie because she, she looks does na- look old. Like she yeah, looks older she's, than she's she did aging. Yesterday. She's aging naturally. She's not being loaded I up with plastic surgery like everyone else. Is just, I no, haven't no, seen no, her no. in a while. She was just I, all of a sudden older. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> needs that. I can agree with that. I can agree with she that. She does not I look haven't, bad, but she looks a lot older. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can. The last time she was relevant in a movie that I cared about was Batman Begins. Jack and Jill. So. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't. I've never seen that. So, but it, I've always like I grew up with Dawson's Creek. I've I always had a crush on Katie Holmes. I still she's yeah, but uh, she's also a good actress. But she, unfortunately, the yeah. script is fucking terrible. the The main problem the that's I think that the direction in this movie is fine. I think yeah, that look, it's well, a good looking movie. It's a, I think true. it's a fine. It's a really good looking movie, and I think that can be said. Uh, can I hop in here, Kyle, to start talking a little bit? Yeah, get in. Yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> so, Kyle, we got to we got to add some context here. Kyle hasn't seen the original, like the, the boy from a couple right. of years ago. 
So that one, admittedly, I found that installment to be surprisingly enjoyable. I thought that movie was going to be terrible, and I ended up really liking, or like liking it enough for what it was. I had a good time with it. I, and it I had watched a, it and liked it too. It, it wasn't was, it was terrible. It, it was totally, totally serviceable, and it had some cool twists and turns, and um, it had it had some solid performances, like with the chick from The Walking Dead, and what's that, Boozy? Do, do you mind if I interject for like two seconds? Yeah, you know what made the boy good when it came out? Not not good, but what it made it stand out from what it, everyone said it was trying to farce is obviously they're trying to cash in on the whole Annabelle thing, right? Yeah, but and it th- twisted it on it. It did, yeah. That's the thing. It, it it twisted on it. It gave you one premise and then you know completely sold another one. Whereas like this one is like they took all the bad ideas for what the boy <laughs> should have ripped off and made that a movie. That- that's exactly what it is, Boozy. Is that I remember? I'll never forget being. Uh, I can't remember what movie it was, but I had like a, a row of like seven or eight of my friends, and we all went to see a movie. And when the trailer for the first boy came up, like one of my friends was like obnoxiously laughing, and it was like it was kind of. I was like, man, don't ruin this for other people. But like he actually was like, that looks fucking stupid. And then <laughs> when I and then I eventually was like, yeah, you know what? It doesn't look great because I what I expected was this. From the first boy, I thought that it was going to be like the boy too. The first boy is nothing like this. And that's why it's like it, it. I just my biggest thing with this movie is I have no idea who this movie's made for. Because this boy, the boy too, is not made for the fans of the original movie because it completely abandons all of those story plots. It cha- it retcons the original. It has the same <laughs> writer and the same director. It is three fucking years later, and they retcon everything. It's or not they for try anyone. they they like, sloppily they sloppily try to like splice in like how the kid has the Brahms mask somehow for some fucking reason. Oh my god, it's so stupid. But then it's 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 not for adults because it's way too silly for adults and no adult would find this scary. And also, we all know that like these all these tropes and these story beats, they've gotten old 20 years ago. Like these this is jump scare express and it's just annoying to watch. It was an annoying this was an annoying movie. This was annoying to watch, and it was infuriating to watch, and it, it was just it, boring. I don't think it has any right to exist, is kind of how no. I think about it. <laughs> I just, I don't understand where they were coming from with this. Like, this is the best thing you had for a sequel. And that, that's the thing, is, it, it's, it's like all the same people are involved. W- what happened? They, they could yeah. have brought so much more to, to the first story. Like, which, Kyle, I still think you should watch The Boy One just so you can have some references. Like, I think oh, you'd be okay. surprised by how good, like, not by how good, by how serviceable the first one is. The first one is a against, decent horror movie. The, I don't think it gets watching The Boy One. I never yeah. have anything against watching this. The only thing I remember about The Boy was that it had a pretty dope Snapchat filter. So shout out to the boy. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> and the thing like, is, this this movie is way too boring for kids. It's also it's, there's no way kids could. There's no way this couldn't be a sleepover movie. Like there's for example, too much family stay, drama stay for a kids movie. <laughs> yeah, for example, Stay Alive. What we're going to talk about right away here is 100 percent a sleepover movie because I had a sleepover and I had fun with my friends watching that movie when I was a kid. Right. And it's like there there are those movies and but the boy too Brahms whatever the fuck. This movie's called at this point. Brahms point two. Yeah, it just it's not. It, I just don't have any idea who this movie is made for. I don't and know. I guess just, maybe maybe fans of Phil Collins because his daughter Jolie Collins is in it. I don't is know. That, good poll. That is that good also, info. Yeah, my my yeah. last. And also, like the this this movie's confusing too. Did you know that? It makes that? no sense. Yeah, there's like, like 
Okay, so the, Ralph Innocent is in this movie from The Witch. He's great, and, he, and he's, he's pretty he's good. Not gr- he's not great in this movie. He's good but because he's a good, he's a good actor. He's also he's a good a little. This poor man. No, but yeah. he's good. Like he's no, the I dad mean, from The Witch. Like he's and, a good actor. Yeah, and he, he plays he plays a um, alongside Robert Downey Jr. Of course, in Doolittle. Have you and, ever seen that yet? You're really trying to push this Doolittle <laughs> narrative here. It's I don't I we're not even gonna try to talk about Doolittle right now. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's just um, you. But like he, I'm not gonna say what happens. Like I don't know. I don't need to spoil this whole movie. But like he plays a pivotal role in the film, and that like at that point, this movie makes it, it couldn't even attempt to make sense. Like I get the impression from the first film, and I can't speak on it solely because I haven't seen it. But I understand that there's probably a couple plot twists, like turns that the movie takes to make it interesting or I don't know, even like oh, give 100%, 100%. perspective to what you're talking about, like an animal type film. But in this movie, it's like, they just want to keep doing that for like the last half an hour, as many times as possible. There's like three different yeah. twists that change the entire <laughs> meaning I of know. the film. And they never make sense. Not even oh, once. Dude, I totally forgot about the flaming butthole of a face that Brahms has at the end. <laughs> yeah. He looks like an infected chocolate starfish. <laughs> he looks like an infected butthole. Yeah, I'm going like to be honest, like, if you want to watch a movie about a kid with an imaginary but, spooky friend, just watch Z. That, that's, yeah, yeah, Z is much you, better. Thank Z you is much better than this. It did yeah, actually but, remind me of Z in, in some ways. and and like Where you could be like, I could be watching Z. Well, yeah, and Z, like, it takes a more, like, succinct, like, approach to it. It's just, con- it's contained. It makes more, I, it, it tries. Makes, it it, it swings sense. a little bit. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know. know. Um, the idea of of a kid with a an evil presence with them is always a cool idea for a movie. It's time and time again we've seen that it works. Sure, but of course. this one just kind of distilled it all down to like this weird mud that we kind of had to sift through, and yeah. the story made no sense. So I I get it. Like there's no fronts where this movie made sense. I yeah. I mean I'm not going to say it's the worst movie I've ever seen because I've clearly seen Slenderman. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and see, like even Z, even Z has some like silly moments, but at least they made those moments fun, and they know that they're they're kind of silly. Like the, for example, the milk scene, like that that's kind of silly, but it's also one of the best scenes in the movie. Like it's actually it's a really fun scene. And then uh, the kid drawing on the wall. Also, that kid drawing on the wall in Z. There's no way that kid could draw that fucking (laughs) the thing, the monster in Z. But at the same time, that's not as annoying as Brahms making a list of rules. (laughs) <laughs> for this family to follow like man and also just feed the fucking doll that's all you need yeah. to do <laughs> feed it feed him and change him it's not that hard <laughs> no just you fucking like, idiots it takes also, a drastic can't... turn but all you have to do is like literally break the doll they never thought of doing that <laughs> once like that makes, that makes no they didn't want to make sense. a mess it's glass it's yeah. gonna get everywhere I, like i guess look at the logistics also, of this what is like what does the dad do for work because at one point he says oh i can work from anywhere but as soon as they go anywhere else he has to go back into the city like is he just fuck it? like what is he doing <laughs> he's a he's a professional croquet player moron. yeah i guess his wife is sally field and he has to find someone else <laughs> yeah he does look like 20 years younger than Katie yeah. Holmes. <laughs> okay, my last th- my last thought on this is what do, like what do you guys think about Slappy from Goosebumps? Spooky <laughs> shit. With Slappy hard. See, me, uh, the whole time I just thought I was wish Slappy was there. I just wanted more Slappy in this film. Yeah. I could have used yeah, well, a Goosebumps what... 3. Yeah, even though Goosebumps 2 sucked. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. The thing is with this movie, it's like you talking about it with you guys right now is the most fun you could have with this movie. Like it sounds like a true. Goofy the most, kind yeah. of a goofy 
movie that has like some outrageous portions to the film, blah blah blah. But when you actually watch it, it's fucking painstaking. Like it's 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 just it's not fun. Yeah, and, and I need to I need to reiterate my main problems with the movie is just all it's all in the writing. It's just it, a, it's I think the, the writing is it's, it's terrible. A weird it's the story, story. to tell because yeah, the thing is like William Brent Bell, and that that's happened many many times. Or he's <laughs> he's like he's made some he's made some movies that I've uh, like really liked. Like I like the boy, but uh, like they're the first one, and then where is really interesting and it's shot cool and like. Well, well, I guess we'll talk about that and stay alive. But I don't know. My my last thought about uh, the boy too, though, is that scene with the bullies is oh. like the bullies and the fucking kid with the croquet mallet is maximum level cringe. Like that was that, atrocious. That might have been my favorite part of the movie, if I'd be honest. Oh my what god, did, man! What was, was he calling him? Was like, man, shut he up! Like mental. He kept calling him mental. Hey, mental. Kept calling him mental. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit! That was insane. But that was Kate. In all fairness, that was the only time where I felt like the movie had any personality. So that's kind of why I liked it. But even that was ripped off from something we watched a while ago. And oh I man, can't... that's ripped off from every creepy kid yeah, movie. I mean, that is in every wrong. creepy kid movie. It's uh, not it like it was the an original personality, someone. but it was a personality. No, it's yeah. a movie we covered on this podcast There's... a little while ago. I was thinking the whole time, like I've seen this somewhere else. Yeah. I... I don't. But I, but I mean, we've done 160 some episodes. Who knows? Yeah. Just watch these final hours. Seriously, oh, these final hours, that. great film. I'm happy uh, to cool. just watch Doolittle. I yeah, think just watch Doolittle. It was important for all of us to eventually get brommed. So we, yeah, yeah, we had to get brommed out of our system. I went through the void first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go, boys. Do you guys want to get on to stay alive? I think we have to. All right, let's do it. Stay alive. Never heard of it. Yeah, this could be nice. Sweet Sebastian Bach, I want to play. Miller, you signed in yet? I'm here. All right, let's boot it up. The name of this game is Stay Alive. We don't know much else other than we're not supposed to have it. Whoa. You guys feel that? Hell yeah. Oh, what's that? What's that? Damn it, man, she got me. Some, some, some woman, man. Hey, somebody out there? Miller, who are you talking to, man? You play the game too long. You know, you start seeing stuff. Hello? Miller died the same way he died in the game. This can't just be a coincidence. I think you're right. Serious, man? Listen to yourself. Don't you get it? If you die in the game, you die for real. All right, we have reached the main feature in which we're going to be talking about Kyle Zervinsky's pick, sort of, this week, yeah. uh, which is Stay Alive from 2006, which was directed by William Brent Bell, who has also directed films like Brahms, The Boy 2, uh, The Boy, The Devil Inside, uh, Where, and uh, that's all we got for that. Uh, but Stay he alive. is. Yeah, then stay alive. And he also he wrote he co-wrote this film with Michael P- or with Matthew Peterman, who also co-wrote uh, The Devil Inside, and Where as well. And the story behind this film is for a group of teens, the answer to a myst- the answer to the mysterious death of their old friend lies within the world of an online video game based on the true story of an ancient noble woman known as the Blood Countess. Uh, all right, and this movie is starring. 
We oh, got, wow. we got, we got, we got, we got John Foster. John Foster, yes. the brother of Ben Foster. Yes, and ben he's also Foster. married to Steven Tyler's daughter. Yes, he uh, honestly the and also he the role was originally offered to Ben Foster, but Ben Foster passed the role off to his brother because he felt it would be more suited for him. <laughs> so it was beneath him. Yeah, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, bro. bro. Thanks, bro. <laughs> We also have uh, Samir Armstrong, who plays, oh my god, and we're going to get into it, but she's Anna Stern in the OC, which yes. we will get into. Oh, thank we also you. Got she's Jimmy also in the music Sa- video for Bad Day by Daniel Powder. True. Very oh. true. True. These are facts. These are facts. Cursed and we also song. Got, we got Jimmy Simpson, and then we got Wendell Pierce, and we also have Milo Ventimiglia. Yes. <laughs> wow, that was one of my worst ones yet. I think Sophia Bush and Adam Goldberg. Ha- question for you guys: Has Adam Goldberg ever played not a douche? Never, not not even ha- for a half a second. Has he ever aged? That's a good also, point. The man looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. And he's a good actor. He's always he, good at what he does. He because he's always, he's always got to be kind of sporadic and he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he's kind of like you know I, he's kind of always stressed I feel out. Like he's like a character actor. He has one character, but he does it well. Guys, did you mention the whole cast already? Because I feel like you no. have somebody. We have you guys, one. you guys, you guys. And then we have the goat, Cody Banks himself. Agent Cody Banks himself, Frankie Muniz, up in this motherfucker. Wow, the star of Miracle in Lane Twelve. I mean, how could you? <laughs> how can you? I have seen Miracle in Lane Twelve. How can we, like, we have big fat liar fame. We have Malcolm in the Middle fame. We have the host of Dancing with the Stars Jr. Like, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. My The first movie I saw after my parents got a divorce, after they told me they were getting a divorce, they took me the next day. This was after I was watching. So keep in mind, Saturday night, I'm watching She's All That. I'm at the beach scene. Paul Walker is like, you can't. He's talking to Freddie Prince Jr. And he's like, you can't turn her into prom queen. She's got a ponytail. And my parents are like, guess what? We're splitting up. We don't love each other. But tomorrow <laughs> we're going to go see my dog Skip. So we went and saw my dog Skip starring Frankie Minas. And, and you you called it even at that. You're like, it all works out. Yeah, the numbers out. add up. This checks yeah. out now. It does. But I, I, I have seen Agent Cody Banks <laughs> more times that, than that anyone Jimmy should Simpson ever admit. does not get enough credit. Who? I love him. Jimmy Simpson. What, what has Jimmy Simpson been in? Uh, oh, right. Was, yeah, I know he was in about. fucking It's Always Sunny. He was in yep. Zodiac, too, I think. Yeah, he yeah, he is. He's been in a bunch of actually really good shit, like surprisingly good stuff. Yeah, no, um, I think he's a great actor. I would say that Adrian Cody Banks 2 uh, Destination <laughs> right. London is a bit of a hidden gem. So, it Kyle, also- why are you, you're holding up your Agent Cody Banks 2 DVD. That's a digital video disc. Can we... Let's be honest, this was not printed on Blu-ray. <laughs> there's no way there's a Blu-ray copy of this movie. Okay, what's the full title? Uh, sorry, Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London. So uh, is was it Hillary Agent Cody Banks in that 2, nope, they, period, they were... Destination? Yeah, see, that's why I didn't watch it. I was in love with Hillary Duff at that age, so yeah, they, if she wasn't in it, I'm out. They took Hillary Duff out, and, but Hannah Spirit it. She's from S Club 7. Right, Hannah Spirit. They were, they were trying to make her the new Bond girl. The new Cody Banks girl. You're gonna yes, be making yes. that Cody Banks money. <laughs> yeah, she of right. course is that that yeah. Well we having Frankie in this film is like at at this point That's in the time. Selling point. 
That's it, the it, selling yeah, point. It absolutely was. Like 2006, this film came out. And at that point, he was doing mostly like, I guess, teen stuff, right? I guess like kid stuff, like films for uh, the youth. And this movie kind of is in a lot of ways. But that was absolutely a selling point. Like, just to kind of see like Frankie Moon is in a more like mature film, even a horror movie in general. Like, it's it was interesting at the time. That was Let absolutely- me make this... Let me make this crystal fucking clear. That's one of the best parts of the movie is having Frankie Muniz in this thing and two words or three words. I got three words for you, boys. Upside down, down. Visor. visor. I knew you were going to say it. Yeah, I, w- I was waiting to talk about it. I'm glad you got to it. Can you imagine getting like getting him right when he's hot like this? And you're like, we got to put that visor on him. This I, is well, his moment. That was sick at the time. That was so sick. Was was it ever sick? Was it though? That's a good question. Was it ever? Wait, sick? no, I don't think that was sick in two thousand six. Exactly. I think that would have been. That, yeah. That was exactly. past the time where it was. Yeah, two thousand two. Like we're talking like visors became not acceptable after take off your pants and jacket, Blink One Eight Two era. Like yeah, that's where I'm, I'm gonna, that's I'm where it was like. Check the sickness. This is right like now. kind of the nunchuck question again, but in a very <laughs> different context. Yeah, but nunchucks, we can all, I'd like to think that we could all hopefully agree that nunchucks are a million times cooler than visors, upside down or otherwise. I'm just saying, you know, When has anyone got killed from a visor? Come on. (laughs) You'd be true. But (laughs) we we gotta just say, though, that Frankie Muniz, like, I actually think, I've always liked Frankie Muniz, and I was a fan of Malcolm in the Middle when I was a kid, because, you know, he's always, it's always fun watching, he's kind of like, who, he's kind of like a, what's his name, Um, Alex, uh, like George Costanza, who am I? How am I drawing a blank on his name? Jesus Christ, George Jason Costanza! Like how you always like to watch him get worked up, but then you got Frankie Muniz on the other hand, where he's like the young kid version. I'm oh my god, I'm gonna take Jason so much. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander, yes, I'm gonna take so much. Yeah, Jason Alexander from Dunstan checks in the Christ. movie about the monk. No, he plays the monkey. Jason Alexander from D- Dunstan checks in is where Jason Alexander <sighs> lets a monkey rent out a room at his hotel. Um, <laughs> exactly. What? Yeah, look it up. I, I, I watched you, that movie. That's not real. I watched Very that movie real. multiple times. Send me multiple a trailer. Times. I, I gotta say, though, like, overall, I actually kind of think the cast in this movie is pretty sick. Like, especially this time, like, Sophia Bush, she was killing it on fucking one John Tucker Bill. Must Die. And John yeah. Tucker Must Die. John Tucker Must Die. Like, she was an up and kind. Also, Van Wilder. Um, she's like, at the time, she was definitely, like, blowing up. Even, like, Jimmy Simpson, you're absolutely right, man. Like, he uh, he's in Loser, the movie where the yeah. weedest song, Teenage Dirtbag, yeah, was Yeah, that is Teenage Dirtbag, yeah. yeah. Herbie Fully Just- Loaded, Under the Silver Lake, Westworld, great show. Can we talk about what everyone's actually came here to talk? Everyone wants, everyone came to listen to our Stay Alive episode for one reason and one reason only. Okay, what is that? Seth Cohen chose Summer over Anna. I can't believe we're going to get into this. You have no idea what you're digging into right now, man. <laughs> so in the OC, I believe this was season three. No, two. Season two. Okay, sorry. Season two. Get the facts straight. I can't believe I fucked that up. But because okay. this was catastrophic. Where I could not agree more. This was a loss for dorks everywhere. This was a loss for all of us. I've been trying to be Seth Cohen my entire life. and We have all been trying to be Seth Cohen our entire lives. I... I don't even know where to begin. Like, you're absolutely right. Seth Cohen not choosing Summer is the most fucked up thing no, I could he ever chose, think of. He chose Summer over Anna. Anna and Anna was into comic sorry, books. Sorry. She was into yeah, yeah, Death yeah. Cab for but Cutie. It, she was into all the stuff sense. he was into. It's fucked yeah, up, her, but it makes sense. 
Seth and Anna would they would have grown old together. They would have uh, they would have been happy, muchos happiest together. But um, but then you got Summer, who's the abusive brunette. So I guess we all know about that as well. I have to go no comment on that. <laughs> Eventually, you got to comment on something, Kyle. You can't dodge this bullet forever. No comment on that. We have all. We have all left the good, the, the proper choice for the abuse of brunette before. <laughs> right. We've sure. all been there. But That's... Samara, Samara Armstrong was like, God, she's so adorable. Like, she, she's yeah. really cute. Yeah, really cute. And she's not a terrible actress. She also has been expected to do the same thing in every movie she's ever done or every TV show. Like, even in this, she's the same thing as Anna in, in uh, the OC. I like the specific kind of like hipster girl though she is in this movie. Oh like, my god, yeah. The camera that she has is not only is it like an old timey camera, but it's like the most like <laughs> like less used, like the least convenient Polaroid camera you could ever bring around. It's it's you like she to, got it from Wish before Wish existed. You want me to culture you fucking simpletons? I'm gonna culture you fucking assholes. That is the exact replica camera from Fatal Frame. Oh, another man. video game horror, oh, a horror, horror video game. Kyle, Kyle took his headphones out. Kyle, are, are you pulling out? Okay. No, but Kyle, you missed what I was saying. Sorry. Okay. That camera is the same camera from Fatal Frame. The, the horror video game. Oh, the That's video why they put game. it in. Yeah, there, there's tons. There's Okay, let's start talking about Stay Alive. Boys. We're 10 minutes in and we've only you talked nice about Bellows this. extension. I don't know. I just think it was so fucking funny when she shows up <laughs> to the fucking... It's too bad we're not a video <laughs> podcast because these fucking COVID episodes that we've been doing are 90% video. So hopefully like, people enjoy Kyle's pulled out his 1920 black and white takes three hours to develop camera. So we're all going to sit still till that's done. Like, I just yeah. don't understand... What in what universe she thought, oh, yeah, this is the most practical camera. <laughs> it's like, because, yeah, it was I, a reference to Fatal Frame, and I, and I appreciate it. Okay, guys, first of all, let, a, uh, let's get on to Stay Alive. Okay, that's, that's really you good. You guys all in for it? The so, yeah. one thing I'm going to say is, I don't know if, uh, for all I know, Kyle owns multiple DVDs of this. I don't own it. I had to rent it on iTunes. I'm assuming Boozy also rented it on iTunes. And when you rent it on iTunes, I just want to say, we watched the theatrical cut. So, Kyle, did you rent it as well, or did you do you own a copy of this movie? This was my first time ever watching Stay Alive. No way. Really? <laughs> yes. Holy smokes. So, this did, is the so you rented it. All right. Okay, so we we have we all watched the theatrical cut, which is yes, 15 yeah, yeah. minutes 15 minutes less than the director's cut. Right. And I looked into what the director's cut was about, and that kind of sounds sick. I wish I, I I looked up the YouTube uh there's clips of it on YouTube, and it's real goofy. But yes, we watched the the theatrical cut. And this is my first time ever seeing it. But the reason I wanted to watch it is just because it just like popped into my fucking memory. I don't even know why, but this was a movie gallery staple, like a local, like mm-hmm. a video store or chain of video stores, I guess where like, it would just be forever on almost every shelf, not even in the horror section. It was, it was never like, rented out, <laughs> never rented out. <laughs> it was always there. And I just always, I actually always wanted to see it because like, I don't know, Frankie Muniz is cool. The OC is cool. Everything we just Sophia talked about Bush. is yeah. why I wanted to watch this movie. And it was always like for exclusively the for the kids who owned an Xbox 360 in 2006. I don't know. I think I think for this kind of film, you, you have to realize what you're getting yourself into. Like, this is a really specific movie in a lot of ways. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I knew within five, like this was all of our first times watching this. Nope. I think, no, 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 no. I've never the, seen it before. Yeah, this within, was my second. Within this was my five second. minutes, I knew what I was in for, and it, I was yeah. worried. I was really worried. I I'm with you, Boozy. Uh-huh. But, yeah. <laughs> but well, Mitch, tell us not, what is uh, your history with this film, then, Mitch? What it? When did you, you said this? You you said this on a sleepover. You said right. Yeah. This had a wide release. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. This was a big movie, and well, so. Where was no, I? Like, it, the it was. I just disappeared. Apparently, this was released by Hollywood Pictures. So, the, in which this was the year. This was the. This was the first. This was the first movie that was released. I think it was. It, it had to have been at least the first genre film that was released through Hollywood Pictures after Disney bought them. So the yeah. movie had already been already been filmed, and they made an 18A R-rated cut, and then Disney bought the movie. Or bought the studio, and then they demanded it to be cut down to a PG-13 rating. And then we lost 15 minutes of the movie. So, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was a piece of shit. Because, like, it's pretty silly. It's a pretty, it's pretty dumb. But, this is a really entertaining movie. It's, it, it, may, it may be ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I gave it, this is not a good movie. This is not a good movie. But it's entertaining, and I see the ideas there, but it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see the theatrical cut, because even though that doesn't make a whole world of a difference, I think that the director's, the director's cut at least would have given it a chance. Unfortunately, we're, we're going to be critiquing a movie that wasn't the, William Brent Bell's direction. This wasn't what he wanted to show people, and like that's it's upsetting for... I can't imagine how... Hor- like Obviously, this is a thing that happens to a lot of filmmakers it's been happening for years and years and years and years so like this is just something that happens when studios interfere and you could feel within the first five minutes of this movie you could feel within the first the opening scene this is a studio interference problem (laughs) because like you have the the opening scene of that uh really good looking nerd so it's just a guy with a beard and glasses it's like okay we got to make this good looking attractive nerd yeah we got to make this good looking guy a nerd and he's a game developer. He's a game tester. Let's give him glasses. Fucking nerd. So now he's got glasses. And then he, so the whole story, all you need to know about Stay Alive is you die in the game, you die for real. That's oh, yeah. a, it, like, yes, it's ridiculous. You know what's also ridiculous? It's 45% of the horror genre. Like, you know, like these, and, these types of movies. I don't and even you think just, it's that You have to play video games no matter where the PC is. You, you need to play. to play that. You have to. I don't yeah. know. I, I think the premise, like, okay, yeah, I guess it's silly in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's fine. I actually think that's a pretty fun premise for a film. It is a fun premise, yeah. But you know um, that you're in for a silly film. That's a good point, and I think actually that lends to this film's success. I thought this movie was a fuck ton of fun. Like, mm-hmm. it, again, not a good movie, to reiterate your statement, Mitch, but boy, did I, I laughed a lot in this movie. had a really fun time with it. I mean... <laughs> the first like five minutes, there's some guy randomly like fucking his girlfriend with a pig mask on for no reason. Yeah, yeah. See, like I, I remember <laughs> like that shit was sick. A prime example is like I, re- I remember this movie being way worse when I was like a, a critical teen who didn't understand movies at all. But I just like you know it was that you know when you're a teenager you, uh, you you hate popular things but you don't know why. Right, like that. The you don't know why it. You haven't made up your own mind. Like so, you you look at a movie like Stay Alive, and you know it's going to be silly. You're not you're not taking it seriously. That's when good. I was a teenager, I didn't take the stuff seriously at all. I just thought it was like a not good movie. But looking yeah. back on it now, it it definitely had potential. 
And I think that it succeeds in a couple parts and it succeeds at being fun all these years later, even though it makes no sense though. (laughs) Like the theatrical cut, it's, it's actually the theatrical cut is a, it's a travesty because it, it, it physically makes no sense. There's, you're right. It makes no sense, but I don't think like it's again, this is the kind of movie. This is like a, I don't even know. Like, I think we've definitely covered films like this on the show before. Where, yeah, sure, where they it makes don't need a, to make sense. Doesn't it, it? Doesn't make sense. But I don't think it really takes away from the experience. Totally, to be honest. Like, it's not the kind of movie where it's almost I'm more ex- fun if it's more dumb. In a way, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe some people would consider that a negative, and I think that would be a valid criticism. But for myself, I don't want to speak for you two. But in this case, when a movie is dumb and kind of knows it and relishes in those dumb aspects, I can have a hell of a f- lot of fun with it. Yeah, and That's I think a- this movie actually does that quite a few times. There, unfortunately, though, there are times where they take it way too seriously. Like that's that's the I think that's the movie's pro- the movie's problem point. is where it does take it very seriously, but. We got to get on to the other question that's on everyone else's mind is who remembers Ball's energy drink? <laughs> I don't you guys remember Ball's? Run for hell, the or run yes. like hell, the video game sponsored yes. by Ball's energy. Man, remember what was it in uh, Center Mall in Saskatoon? They had that the the little Campus Cove. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, Campus Cove is all the computer no, set up for kids but... for kids to play Battlefield. It was like all the com- it was like back when they had stores open where your kids could just come and you could have an account and you could play Battlefield or whatever on your computer, Battlefield or Counter Strike. But you would have to you would have to get money from your parents for Balls absolutely. Energy Drink because <laughs> Balls Energy Drink is like Powerade but for virgins. <laughs> It, it is. is the most tryhard. It was such a tryhard premise from the start, and all their slogans being, like, you know, like fucking grab my balls and shit. It's like, I don't even <laughs> remember balls energy drink for a fucking. It was second. blue. It, Man, like, it yeah, was, it was blue, and it had it like was it was like a studded for blue. Yeah, and it was like stu- the bottle was like studded for your pleasure. Yeah, sorry, I meant I went windsh- windshield wiper fluid blue. Oh, like that's this how bullshit. Fucking- <laughs> yeah. Man, it I was, never it, drank this. I never bought this ever. I remember uh, balls blew up first before Red Bull. Like mm-hmm. balls, balls hit before Red Bull did. They were OGs. Yeah, this is really funny. I love shit like this. <laughs> that, but this whole movie is like actually in a lot of ways very much. It's made balls for- energy drink movie. It really is. This movie has balls. It's a it's a time it's a time capsule because it is, also that's exactly it. The things that I do, like, I, I think a lot of people are expecting us to just shit all over this movie. And, like, I'm not going to do that because there's actually a lot of good things about this movie. But it is, it's obviously a failure. It's obviously, it, it wasn't what they wanted to accomplish. I can't, there's no way this was, well, obviously, it wasn't what the director wanted. His movie was cut down by almost 20 minutes. Yeah, but and in they, all fairness, like, the, what he, what was cut from it. Like, is also stupid. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is, but okay. So what was cut from that mo- from his movie is like he had a reason, like an explanation behind how the game was made right. and how it was programmed by a real human being who was like obsessed with Bathory and like this, like this these ancient folk tales, and that's how she somehow got into the game. But what we got in the theatrical cut is this fucking Bathory developed this game. <laughs> Yeah, which makes no sense. Yeah, so like, but that's almost better. It is almost I was, better. I, I was just totally rolling agree. with it. Yeah, yeah I would, just I would, to think I would, about it. Yeah, I, pre- 
Also, like her, how she's like, this is jumping the gun a little bit, but like she was so well preserved after like hundreds of years <laughs> at the end of this movie. Like she's, oh my God. Would, um, would, you sh- would you say that she had body karate going on? Body karate out <laughs> the wazoo. fact going on. Yeah, facts. So you have, a, you have a premise where you die in the video game, you die in real life, and you'd think that... Um, You'd think you would see like deaths, like you'd think you would see more interesting deaths, you know, because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, room for creativity with that premise. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. a, like a nightmare. We've talked about that in length. I think that's, I think this um, is all studio shit though. I, I think that's know, studio man. problem. Maybe, I guess so. Okay. Fair enough. Like they maybe wanted to like sort of censor the film to some extent to make it more accessible with a different rating. That makes sense. But the one thing I have to say, though, is, like, this game, or sorry, this movie is based inside a video game for a lot of the film, and it's from 2006, so, like, the the visuals and the CGI of the video game are from 2006, so they look like, I don't know, PS2, PS3. Oh, Kyle, I have so much to add to this when you're done. And the thing about it, though, is, like, it, it it's dated in a sense, but it's also kind of not, like... Watching it now, I know exactly when it's from, and I get it, and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't meant to be realistic. It's a video game. And when it's actually in the real world, it kind of works, in my opinion. It never feels super, like, it's never like now modern films, or even for the past, like, 15 years, I guess, they've been trying to make CGI look as realistic as possible so that it's believable as possible. But when I'm already watching this film, and I know what's coming into the real world is from a video game, which is in no realm of reality. I kind of buy it more. It kind of worked more for me to be, be, to be completely honest with you. Like I kind of like, I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, totally. Like it didn't, it never, it felt goofy. I'm not going to say it was like the best visuals I've ever seen, but at the same time, it like made sense, like visual sense within the film. And that was something I was not expecting. Like, yeah, we don't see a lot of like interesting like or gruesome kills, and that's kind of maybe something that the film could have benefited from. But at the same time, like when like the real world and the video game world was kind of mixing together, I kind of liked that. I kind of liked that shit. Maybe okay. that's just. I just I just want to say so you you kind of hit it on the head where I was going is that 2006. So Gears of War, we got Wii Sports. Okay. <laughs> we okay. got such fucking classics as Call of Duty 3, Guitar Hero 2. So yeah. think about all the graphics going on and the graphics that they put in this movie are actually pretty good. I comparably. I comparably. I okay. It's like when Guys. you watch Grandma's Boy and they show the game and you're like, it, it looks pretty good. I could not agree more. I actually totally, I'm with you. You know what's crazy too is that also I didn't hear anything that just happened in the last two minutes because it just glitched like crazy and I completely okay. lost you guys. So hopefully it recorded and it's fine. Um, but I think I have a grasp on what you guys are talking about. But as far as the graphics go for that game, it's actually crazy because the studio made them make the graphics worse than what they originally had because they didn't want it to look as real. Look as real? Yeah. 
because like there's the scene yeah, with the. Yeah, it would have blown us away. Exactly. Well, no, but the thing is, they they because if it would have been too real, they would have had a they would have had to up the rating. And like there's the scene with the uh. cop who has that like he has like the trap on his mouth that kind of rips yeah. it like in the video game. It, like and they uh, I found a YouTube clip of like what it was supposed to look like, and it was way or or like they were explaining what it was supposed to look like, and it they definitely made it look way more animated and cartoonish in the movie, which is, it's impossible to make it, it's, it's impossible to make a video, to make a cartoon scary. It's not going to be scary. It's, it's right. definitely an uphill battle for sure. Yeah. I guess, um, at least oh, if ahead, you're please. just watching it, cause like I, I yeah. just talked about the last of us forever no, no. and I was talking about how like, if you're controlling it, that's a whole different story. But if you're just watching a like animated cartoon, it's not going to be scary. Well, especially in this film where it's kind of just like spliced in, like it's not really like you're not immersed in just a cartoon or something like that. And it's kind of like a best it's like a best of compilation of like Silent Hill and like Fatal Frame and all the like uh, what was that other one? Fear. Resident, like, Evil. All, Resident Evil. Like there's all and like that's uh, that's where I think all the strengths in this movie. I really appreciated the effort, the extra mile that they went to try and show that they're they're gamers and they respect the culture. <laughs> But at the same time, okay, so yeah, I see you guys are laughing. I see gamers rise up. This is no, the but, sickest shit since Fatal Frame. No, but that's the thing though is that they they still they tried, but it didn't work because that's unfortunately true. because of, because of rights and everything, they were forced to have they couldn't use uh they like even on like uh, I guess like there's little things to do with like uh, their lighters were supposed to have like Zelda symbols on them. Like they wanted oh, to have, they want to have Easter eggs of like all these video games that inspired all these people in the movie, but they couldn't get it for obvious reasons, which is right. And so instead what they're left with is a bunch of like super fourth party looking controllers and like systems and consoles. And that's, what's going to make it age so poorly. There's uh, so many things about this that you're going to make it age poorly, but right. that doesn't help it at all. Well, you, you can't it, all be Ready Player One. Like, you no, know, you can't afford exactly, it all. They don't, have, they, don't have, they don't have the budget for that. They don't have the budget for that. So you got to I mean, I guess I agree that would have that would have helped the experience. But I think there was enough little things here and there that, like, I could gravitate towards and kind of get that same, like, sentiment from. But like, well, that's kind of too bad to hear. That is that is too bad. That's But that's why I liked uh, when you guys were so rudely making fun of her camera. I enjoyed knowing that that was about her, uh, like, the Fatal Frame camera. Like, but that's, that's almost, cool. like, too much of a reach. Like, sure, that's a good... That's a, But then she uses it throughout the whole film, but it's You so know what? Dumb. I'm starting to think you might be a little bit Team Summer here, Kyle. <laughs> I think I am Team Summer for sure. To be honest, you're sick. You'll I grow out the, of it. Can I just say what I thought the scariest part of this film was? So sure. The fact that Hutch washed his red solo cups in the sink—that <laughs> was the most fucked up thing I've seen in my entire life. Yo, poor boys club. I feel yeah, that. You know what? Sometimes that. you just you got to ball in a budget. Yo, yeah. but that shit—you don't put that in a movie. You do not. That, like, Yo, man, if you're buying, you, you don't understand how expensive Ball's energy drink was. It was like six bucks a bottle for that shit. I'll reuse the bottles then. Like that's cooler than a fucking red solo cup. I'm sorry. Do you guys, do you you guys feel like the peer pressure in this movie to get Frankie Muniz to smoke weed was real? I feel like that that was just <laughs> like things was... happening on set, and it just kept, stayed in the movie. Because the whole time he's like, "No, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good." <laughs> <sighs> that's so charming. No, Man, honestly, shout I, out Frankie. I'm gonna be real. I didn't buy that at all because I was like. In reality, on set, Frankie Muniz was providing everyone with a blow. <laughs> right. Well, this, that's the Confirmed. nice thing to do. He's honestly a nice guy for doing that. Yeah. He's got that um, Malcolm in the Middle money. 
See, I had so many notes on here, and when I went through to read them again, one that really stuck out to me, and this this has it'll just throw us randomly into the story of this movie. But I wrote down, did this motherfucker just get mowed over by a fucking horse and buggy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's up with that? <laughs> and it looked so, so oh. bad. But like, I it's, I don't know. It, it, it like it felt like Sleepy Hollow, and I was okay with the Sleepy Hollow vibes with that, and the you know the galloping, and you're not really showing anything, and then just randomly a horse and buggy comes through. Um, but that's what just, makes it. It's impossible for it to make to rack up any sort of tension when it looks like N64. I love. Yeah. I love that character. Phineas, is that his name? Yeah, Finn. <laughs> he was so sick. Every time, sup, mama? <laughs> That's because you were one of those guys with the toques. You you were totally one of those guys with the toques with the strings on the side. Oh, that was I Kyle. wish. That was Dan. You used to I sell, wish yeah, you, I was a, a you mean, sell, <laughs> And you'd sell ecstasy that was just laced with a couple oh, different you, you guys. You mean dudes who appreciate <laughs> snowboarding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, me, those, baby. that's all those toques are is uh, like i'm oh, gonna wait. wear them year round so people know i snowboard there was one part of this movie that made me laugh so much it's when phineas looks like he's um or finn when he looks like he's like maybe passed out on his computer or something and they're yeah. like scared <laughs> they're scared he's like been killed in the game or some shit they're like oh are you okay finn <sighs> i'm pulling this bitch what does it look like man <laughs> he just has the bong I feel like Cabin in the Woods was like directly referencing that. Oh, with with the you know what I mean with the fucking mug and shit. Like I feel like they were farcing because this character has been done so many times. Yeah, I I feel like we should do a definitive ranking of stoners in horror movies because I think that would be a cool list. He was really good. Like he kind of carried the first half of the movie for me. If I'm being completely honest, (laughs) that guy gave me a lot of joy. Well, yeah, he's like the only one who's not like super fucking just boring and hateable. <laughs> Besides Frankie Muniz, who shows up with a with a upside down visor and goes, "Oh, yeah, hey guys, I'm uh, I'm always in the middle." Oh my god, <laughs> Mitch, can you, can you tell the audience what Frankie Muniz, Frankie Muniz's character's name is? Oh fuck, uh, yes, Swink. <laughs> what Swink? His name is Swink. Is that like a do they do they delve into why? I don't know. It just that to me sounds like the campus rapist. Well, <laughs> that guy sounds know, ecstasy for sure. There's like there's like cool names where you're like, oh, I'm Dodge because I used to play dodgeball. But like, what the fuck are you gonna get out of Swank? Where's that coming from? Yeah, that dude, Wait, yeah. I'm Dodge because I used to play dodgeball. Yeah, that's bad. You too. think of something on the spot, Kyle. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I have to say, Swink killed me. What a fucking insane name. That's like naming your kid Blaze. That's so crazy. Or Stokely. <laughs> or Stokely. Honestly. <laughs> oh, this movie is so much fun, guys. I swear to God. Like, I had such a fucking blast watching this movie. Did you guys ever watch, um, or, like, have the channel, like, G4? G4 Tech TV? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. There's... There's the one part where <laughs> Swink is like, oh my god, I never saw this on reviews on the run on G4 Tech TV. Oh my god, yes. Reviews Did you mark out for that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was that one guy who's always on reviews on a run, and uh, I've seen I saw him recently and he looks like the exact same, but like yeah, 45 years it. older. But he's like it's only been like 15 years. Oh, it's why so can't, why can't more movies reference like video and arcade top ten? I would lose my shit oh, if a movie yeah. referenced that. That's a strictly Canadian thing, though. I, I think know. that's why we don't get enough love. It's but so that's good, fair. though. But I mean, well, honestly, anyone who says size doesn't matter has never played a third-person shooter. 
<laughs> these are real lines. These are real lines from a movie. And this is a woman, like, just desecrate. I th- who the fuck would she say that to? She just fucking owned somebody. And he's like, oh, I have a penis. <laughs> I, I don't I think, know like you guys have been so nice to this movie I'm just gonna say other than like m- clever musings to myself I did not have a lot of fun with this oh, I want geez. I want a cheesy slasher honestly that's what I got out of this to no, this is like a cheesy ghost movie I was gonna ask you guys the semantics of what is she at the end is she a ghost or a corpse she's obviously flammable but I it don't know matter. it does not matter I think I think the way I like what I wanted from Brahms the boy too I got out of Stay Alive. <laughs> that's that's yeah, basically it's, it. it's at least so fucking ridiculous that it's kind of entertaining to watch because it's so fucking of its time. Yeah, like it, it it's, is this is a movie that came out 10 years way too late too. Like <laughs> this is 10 true. years past its time. What and, can you imagine if this came out in like 95 or 96? Like, yeah, it'd be the way better. Graphics would be so bad. Yeah, it'd be Actually, way better. We get like a lawnmower man or something like that. That would be way better. Be than just this. paper boy. Yeah, <laughs> like that way more. Boozy. I think. I think the graphics are good enough. Like, yeah, at this point, I, that, I don't like, think you can go back any farther. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I and personally it, feel this movie will like it has been forgotten, but Kyle unfortunately just dug it up again. <laughs> like it, people I forgot even, about this movie. I don't even remember what it was. I just like it literally just popped into my brain, and I like texted the group chat right away. Like thoughts on Stay Alive. <laughs> like I don't even know. Like it just it came into my head out of nowhere. But Mitch, do you know, okay, uh, Mitch, I just want to say if you want to talk about this movie being made ten years prior, watch Arcade from nineteen ninety three, and tell me that the graphics can hold a story because it cannot. Well, the graphics in this can't hold a story either. Better than ninety three. Yeah, Watch but that's why. But the Still. reason, the reason Kyle and I did, the reason Kyle and I enjoyed this movie is because it failed. It's a good point. That's a good and point. that that's why I think the more failures, the better when it comes to a story like this. Like because, but that also opens up a whole other conversation of like, is there a possibility that we're ever going to? delve into like a horror video game story and it will be effective and it'll work like is is there a a chance in a video game sorry in a film no like the the, answer is also arcade from 1993 yeah or like fucking lawnmower man or brain scan no i guess you're right mitch like the concept was kind of brain scan yeah brain scan this concept is kind of like dead on arrival in a lot of ways but i think someone needed to do it yeah, that's ex- that's exactly it. Someone yeah. needed to do it. Like, there, in a lot of ways, like this movie had to be made. <laughs> like, yeah. it had to be made so time. that everyone knew not to make any more. Yeah, and like, it's like it, it's the equivalent of like like fear dot com. Like, it can only happen in those couple of years. You will never see anything like it again. See, that's the thing though. Is that like, I I, I need agree. to re I need to also I need to rewatch fear dot com because I didn't like that one can when I, I first it saw it you? as well. It's, yeah, it's let's amazing. watch. It. Let's do it. But the thing is. I think the reason why I'm being positive about this is because the movie didn't bore me, which is somehow means that I'm going to give it a positive review because previously I've always just thought this movie was just a turd and it's like, Hey, at least it kept my attention and it made me giggle a few times in the hour and 25 minutes that I watched it. But other than that, it's, there's nothing really to be said about the fucking movie. 
Was this movie made for gamers? Is, is there a community of they were trying. horror video gamers that really would connect with this? That's why I appreciated what they were trying. I, I, saw, I saw the effort that was made. I think they tried. To, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know if it <laughs> succeeded, but I think it I don't was think they succeeded. I don't think they succeeded either, but I also I don't think that that was entirely the filmmaker's fault. And I don't think it was the cast. Like, I think uh, once again, like they're not strong writers, like uh, not to mention, like, obviously, William Brent Bell didn't write The Boy, too. Uh, so yeah. this was written by the, the Stay Alive was written by himself and his uh, friend who wrote The Devil Inside, which I think is probably the worst horror movie of the last 20 years. And um, <clears throat> this mm-hmm. one, I, <laughs> I just no, it's not even that. It's a, it, it's the worst ending in the in the last. I, I I truthfully think that's the worst ending I've ever experienced in a theater is the Devil Inside, and I I don't know how you could debate that. There isn't an ending to the Devil like, Inside. So what's that? We stay we stay alive. Like a lot of it doesn't hit, but some things do hit well. Like I think I think they're like Kyle. They don't ever work. There's not one know, time. Where, there's not one time where you're creeped out. Okay, hear me out. She yes, was in the right. backseat of the car like Michael Myers in broad daylight. I I yeah. think the execution of like how people are killed off in this movie terrible. Not doesn't work once. But I think the premise is at least legible. Like as fucked up as this thing is, it's not think, legible. It's not Kyle, at all. This, this isn't the fly. A hundred year old ghost developed this game. <laughs> yeah, I think I Sorry, think there's just a part of my brain ghost. here. There's a part of my brain here that I don't think could like could like see this movie in a bad light. This movie was something special. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you could fucking that. jerk yourself off to watch this. I did not have a good time. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm in the middle. I don't even know. Like, I I also loved like the like the the aesthetic of this movie, like all like the purple, like weird blue, like wallpaper and shit. Like it was like a vampire freaks website come to life. <laughs> it, like, I love that. It's so specific. Maybe. I mean, it's Again, nostalgia for sure. The energy drink. It, <laughs> it feels like balls, the energy drink, the movie. It feels like 2006, the movie. It is. And I don't know. I, I guess like, just to be honest, like I like this movie for the same reasons. I like something like house of wax. Like, that that that's what I get out House of this House of Wax is way better. Yeah, it's I'm a million not saying times. that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying either is better or worse. I'm just saying, like, for a lot of the same reasons, I would defend that film. I would defend Stay Alive, to be honest with you. Like, I think you know, it, I think anyone Except of any House age, of Wax delivers in every way. This doesn't in one. <sighs> I'm sorry, I cut you I, off. <laughs> it's just, just have like, the same opinion as me. I don't know. I guess. I think, like, at this time, like, there was always, like, tr- media was trying to make things about video games and trying to make it sound interesting, and it almost never worked. Like, think of all, like, the v- movies based on video games. There's been, like, maybe one good one. I don't even know. Probably not. Pokemon. But Pokemon, probably. Pokemon, maybe Sonic. And Sonic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sonic was fun. But it took, like, 25 years for that to happen. I think, like, Stay Alive is a product of that idea, and no, it didn't work, but... I just would have to be lying if I didn't say this movie is a hell of a lot of fun. Like this, you will. I think you'll have a fun time if you crack a couple of beers and watch Stay Alive. I really think that. Yeah, so you think Courtney you need to be inebriated to watch it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I really enjoy kind of campy, fun, silly movies. Um, but I just I couldn't get with this. Like 
right from the hop and then just writing stuff down and going like wow this is this is what we got and i actually really like that like this director made where which is a really fucking good movie and it's like very well grounded and stuff and then watching this it's it's so backwards but like, also i, know, I, know, I think i know but... they predate each other but not only that, well, where where came out after this? No, that's what I mean. Like it does predate yeah. it. But but also, where was the only film that he's made that wasn't made on like a studio level, which is something to be said too. Is that I think like it shows that he's had to deal with a lot of studio interference, which a lot of directors do. And right. but at the same time, you can still see that this wasn't going to work to begin with. Yeah, like, <laughs> it wasn't going to work. Yeah, it to was begin dead with. on arrival. Still, so much fun. Yeah, though. it totally was. That. But it, it was so at the fun. same time, though, I'm with Kyle. Where the where you know enough year enough years have passed, I can have fun with it. I think I think I need to definitely admit that like this is a kind of film that speaks to my interest in a very specific way. Um, and I'm just gonna take solace in that. So shout out, stay alive. Um, shout out, Alienware what laptops. Shout out, third party Dreamcast <laughs> yes. controllers. <laughs> Shut up, Game Informer magazine. So many Dreamcast stuff. So many Dreamcast controllers. Kyle. Do you think it's because they could just use them because they went bankrupt? Probably. Because that would have been around the same time. Hey, well, it would have been like a couple Cats years. Ones. They probably got a Bad Cats license. <laughs> yeah, but hey, no, wait. Mad when did Cats Dreamcast go best. bankrupt? Well, Dreamcast was Sega, so like they fuck just stopped Mad making. Cats. They just stopped making Dreamcast. What do you mean, fuck no. Mad Cats. That, that was the the fucking broke kid place to go. Was Mad Cats? They exactly. Don't anymore? Exactly. Mad Cats just went out of business like a year ago. I think. Oh, rest in peace. I just yeah. got to ask though, like Kyle, because you obviously enjoyed this movie the most. Would you watch it again? And how soon? I'd probably watch it like next month, to be honest. No, you wouldn't. You liked it that much? Absolutely. Kyle, let's also point out what you gave it on Letterbox. Okay, don't do me like this though. Like you have, <laughs> it's just for like the millionth time. Pull up. Okay, we, yeah, we are. Wait, yeah, you gave it a half star more than I did, I guess. I gave it a two and a half, which in my mind is like that's a five out of ten. That's like it's a fifty percent. That's a fifty percent movie, which I think, based on what I've said, I think that that's makes way too high. <laughs> but you watch it again next month. Better than Sorority Row. <laughs> I will fuck with that. You, 100%. I will challenge you to fucking watch that movie again next month. No, I wouldn't make him do that. But I, I will 100% back Kyle up and saying I 1000% enjoyed this more than Sorority Row. Sorority Row, Sorority Row was, had better kills. This movie is better than Brahms the Boy too. It is, definitely. Yeah, like, definitely. I don't know. I think, I think I've learned over the years that things... There's that a personality in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Things that bore me are going to get, like, I'm going to forget it. Like, I don't even know what happened in, what was it? <laughs> what is it? Dream Master? I don't even know what happened in Dream Master. Which is also funny, considering Kyle watches, like, the most, like, artsy movies that most people would be like. Like, there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, Under the Skin is boring as shit. Like, which I obviously don't feel. I obviously don't agree with that. But there's a lot of people out there who would say that's boring. I think there's a difference between slow and boring, though. That's showbiz, that, baby. It's showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> like, if a movie, a movie can be slow and boring, but a movie could also have a lot going on and be boring. And in my mind, that's the worst offense you can make. Yeah, agreed. Sorry, right, boys. I don't. Bob's the boy too. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't. We got to stop talking about stay alive. <laughs> so. I think it, to listeners out there, if you haven't seen 2006's Stay Alive, go out there, seek it out, 
find the theatrical cut and watch it and have a great time. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, that's my stamp of approval. Maybe drink a Perrier while you're doing so. Maybe bring or out an balls old balls energy drink. If you can get a balls energy drink off eBay, I, I be bet, careful. I bet there's a lot somewhere out there. Of there's got to be because I, I even remember the taste of balls and it was not bad. <laughs> Somebody edit that. Someone has to grab that. I want it as a ringtone. <laughs> we all remember <laughs> the sweet taste of balls. Uh, all right. This is a lot of fun. Another episode in the bank of the terror table. We will be back next week with our interview slash discussion with filmmaker Michael Peterson, director and writer behind Knuckleball and producer of Harpoon. We'll see you guys next week on the terror table. Take care. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. (laughs)